Welcome to Sensemaking. I'm Carla Joy Treadway. I'm an integrated life and business coach, the creator of The Sovereign, and a seasoned wellness practitioner. I believe in investigating the truth. I mean the whole truth. And I bring on sensemakers of all kinds who are brave enough to poke holes in commonly accepted narratives. The world is wild, my friends. And with censorship, cancel culture, and pretend uniformity of opinion, we need more sensemakers who are willing to be who they authentically are, bringing their real-life stories and evidence to the table. Sensemaking will challenge how you feel about a variety of topics from health, politics, spirituality, culture, and more. I want to free you from thinking that you have to go along with the narratives. But mostly, I hope you find yourself in the stories we share here, sparking the idea that, hey, I'm not so alone in my thinking, after all. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Sensemaking. I am your host, Carla Joy Treadway, and today I am talking to my very good friend, Rebecca Lee. You might know Rebecca as Corduroy Restaurant. If you are in this Awake and Aware community, I am sure you've heard of it. In fact, Rebecca was one of the first people I think I found in the very, very beginning. And I was like, who is this? What's going on? What are they doing to her restaurant, guys? I was very sleepy and slow right out of the gates. Um, When I did wake up, finding people like Rebecca was life-saving. She just stood in the face of it all and maintained her values. She ferociously protected what she knew to be true. She is a mother of multiple children, a business owner, so much to lose, guys, so much to lose. And she stood with all her might, fighting the government mandates, fighting unjust lockdowns, fighting all these things that are unscientific and illogical, and made it through to the other side. In this podcast, we talk about values. We talk about finding aligned community. We talk about what it's like to be an awake mother. And we talk about faith. There's a lot of things in this world that can strengthen you right now. And we need to put our focus on that right now. We need to fill ourselves up with all that is good and right more than all those things that are scary. Guys, some people think that being awake means that you know about all the bad stuff that's going on. But I think Rebecca and I align on this idea that being awake means that you are radically changing your life, that you are doing everything you can to make your world and the world a better place. Before we get into the episode, I have to pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by my community, The Sovereign. The Sovereign is a coaching container of self-mastery and personal freedom. I help build you up for this world from the ground floor up. 
we start with your body, developing strong daily practices that keep you rooted and stable, ones that remind you of your strength. We build up from there to look at your thinking. Guys, if you are a victim to your own thinking, to your own self-sabotage, to your own self-limiting beliefs, it's going to be really hard to tackle the big stuff. So we fortify you, we build you up, we keep you moving forward towards those things that you've always wanted. When you build yourself up from the ground floor, you can not only handle the world, you can thrive in it. I can promise you that. But too many of us are trying to jump to the big things, you know? We're trying to jump to solving the world's problems. We're trying to jump to other people and other things when there's so much work we need to do at an individual level so that we are rooted, stable, clear, focused, and on fire. From this place, there's not anything you can do in this wild world. Um, It's the most accessible way to work with me as your coach is to hop into the sovereign. I do work with individuals one-on-one as well, but that's very limited. So the sovereign is a fantastic opportunity to touch base with me as your coach two times a week, two coaching calls each and every week for your business, for wealth creation, for your mindset, for your health. And the community in this, uh, in the Sovereign Guys is very curated, very curated. What you're going to find is the people inside are not just awake, they're good people. They're good people that see what's going on in the world, but they're focused on moving forward. Eyes on the future. How do they become better human beings? How do they become better mothers? How do they become a contribution in this world? Guys, they don't want the world to stop them from anything. And to me, that's really what it means to be awake. You're using awake as a gift. You're reminding yourself that it's a gift and using that information to change your life, to get better, to upgrade in health, wealth, and personal freedom. With that, let's get into the show. I'm so excited for you guys to meet Rebecca if she is brand new to you. Um, If you like what we're doing over here on the show, please share this podcast with your friends. If you're a mother looking for a community, you're definitely going to want to hear about what Rebecca's offering right now and her takes on awakened motherhood. And with that, let's get into the show, friends. I'll see you inside. Okay, everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Carla Joy Treadway, and I have with me today my friend, Rebecca Matthews. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Hello, thanks for having me. (laughs) Rebecca is one of my internet friends, (laughs) so we found each other. We're in the same circles, many mutual friends, Um, and I've never actually got to hang out with you in person yet, so that's going to hopefully happen, hopefully happen this year, but... Who knows? It's going to happen this year. It has to. It's so crazy. I say this every time that I talk to one of my internet friends. It's like, it feels like, you know, we hang out every day almost. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that maybe don't know you. Um, so let's go into a little bit of your backstory. I, I wanted to talk to Rebecca and bring her on the show for you guys because 
she has so much courage. She is someone that's really walking the walk. She's been standing up a lot uh, against a lot of the injustices over the last three years, but she's not someone that just shares things on the internet. She's actually making change and actually putting some skin in the game. Um, I don't even know where to start exactly, but maybe we could go back to 2020. Um, 2020, when did you realize that that something was up and you needed to start speaking out? Yeah, so in the first two weeks, like most people, I was shitting bricks. I was like, oh my God, what is this? Um, some of you may know, um, my youngest at the time had was diagnosed with a genetic disease and made his immune system weak and more susceptible to bugs. So I was freaking out. Um, and it took about two weeks after they said two weeks to flatten curve. I was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. And then, you know, my spouse was like, something's up. This doesn't seem right. Because then, you know, you start realizing, okay, well, wait a minute. Symptoms are like the flu. The people that are in trouble are older people. Um, and it just started to all make sense. Oh, this is a planned thing. This is another, you know, I'm allowed to say 9-11 because we, like, I, 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 we were already awake to a lot of the craziness of the world. Um, so it's easy to spot something once you see the pattern and their usual techniques for things. Um, but you know, knowing that most people were freaking out as well. We weren't outspoken at all in the beginning. Either was I. I would throw out little things, you know, here and there on my personal Instagram. But with the restaurant, we were, you know, going along with it. We actually ended up just closing our restaurant, Corduroy, uh, for six months because well, we thought it was only going to be a month or two. We're just like, we'll just ride this out. Let's not play into the game of the freak out. Let's just close give the staff some stress-free time. The serve was there and everyone was going on it anyway. So we're like, we'll just close. We'll just ride this thing out. Uh, and then it was like month four. We're like, oh my God, this thing is not going away. We have to open back up. This is our only form of income. Um, and, and you're on the West Coast, which isn't the cheapest place to live or run a business, I can imagine. No. no. So yeah, it was like, we, we got to get back in business here. Um, and it was around the end of summer and it felt like things sort of were getting back to normal. I think mask mandates had been lifted temporarily or I'm not sure. And like, you know, business started to flow again. I think people were also thinking, oh, okay, this thing is ending, but we were coming into fall. So there was always this loom of like, oh, are they, is it going to ramp up? And sure enough, it ramped up. And it was just one thing after another. They would, you know, first they made us close early. Then they took half of our capacity away. And with any business, but especially restaurants, your margins are so tiny. So any impact in terms of how you can operate, it just eats at your bottom line and basically makes you lose money. Um, and it was just, just nonstop. They just, it seemed like they were attacking the gym and restaurant industry more so than any other place. Um, you know, I would always say like Costco's packed, um, other places seem to be fully operational and yet we have to, you know, take a hit here. And then it was March of 2021. I believe it was St. Patty's day. If I remember we had, you know, lots of restaurants pour into St. Patty's day. It's another big day for business. Um, and at like 10 a.m. before we open, right before we opened, they're like, nope, restaurants have to close um, for 
indefinitely. They were, they're like, it's probably going to be two weeks. And we're like, yeah, we know what two weeks means to you guys. And, um, we had seen, uh, another restaurant on the East coast. Um, you probably heard of him. I can't remember. I'm drawing a blank. The barbecue place. He stood up and we were watching him because we're like, Hey, like finally somebody's doing something. And Mm -hmm. when it came down time for them to close us, we said, you know what? We need to take a stand. Um, this is going to go, it's like, you know, we're in a year now. We thought this this was supposed to be two weeks. We're a year later. Um, and we know it's not what they say it is. So we're going to stay open. Um, and we were in a small telegram chat, I believe. And it was other business owners, other restaurant people were saying, yeah, we're going to do it too. Like screw these guys. I felt, I think there was like 15 or 20 of us that were just going to stay open. Um, and then the day before we were all going to do it, everybody backed out and we're like, oh God, we're not backing out. And now we're going to be the only ones doing it. Um, anyways, we did it totally didn't expect or didn't think about the media backlash. I don't think you can ever prepare for something like that. Cause you don't really know. You've never experienced that. And so I was completely blindsided and unprepared for the media and community attack. Because, you know, in my little small circle and of people were like, no, no, this is all wrong. Like, you know, we knew people were obviously were going to hate us and think that we're crazy, but you just can't prepare yourself for the, the, the attack on like you as a person and saying all these mean, horrible things about you. Um, and yeah, and then we had a little video go viral. It's me holding my youngest at the time and the baby carrier and the health authorities come in and I tell them you're trespassing. And then everyone starts chanting, get out, get out, get out. And that was the shit storm that, <laughs> that unleashed that was- soon after that. So. Wow. And then what happened? So the health unit came, you told them to beat it. Were you able to stay open? Did they shut you down? Did they fine you? What, what happened from there? Uh, we stayed open for a couple more days and we actually sold out of food because we were so packed. We were full. Um, and then they came down with a closure order. And what that means is that if you open against this closure order, you can go to jail or face $20,000 or lose your business forever. So I wasn't willing to put that on the line and we decided to close and build the pieces back again and say, you know, keep the communication open with them. Like, well, please show us the proof. Please show us the data that we're a dangerous place to be when, you know, other places can stay open at full capacity. Places are busy. There's lineups. You know, why can't we operate like we have been for the last year with no cases, no, no one getting sick. Why do we have to close? And why is it only restaurants that have to close and restaurants and gyms? Um, We just kept that communication open and we said, we want to get back open. We're not bowing down to this. And, you know, they gave us a set of guidelines to get back open. And I think it was four weeks of us being closed. We were allowed to open up again. No fines. Um, They temporarily suspended our licenses, but those were given back as soon as we got the green check mark. And then we had like a kind of regular summer minus all the, the still, you know, the community that once was supportive of us, like just in our local neighborhood, you know, people saying hateful things about us, writing Google reviews, horrible things about me, personal attacks, media, all that. Um, But we started to gain this, the support of a different community of, you know, the fringe minority and quotation marks of people that, you know, were supportive of us and thankful that we did what we did. Um, And then it was the vaccine passport whole shenanigans. And that was another big blow up. Um, of media and, you know, growing a bigger following of support and hate at the same time. Yeah. 
people to this day still don't know that it didn't stop transmission and that mandates were completely useless and the way that they treated people was horrific. In, In terms of the fines and the threat of jail time, I wonder how much of that was actually just gaslighting, kind of like our prime minister coming out now. Well, I never, I never forced anyone to get vaccinated. I wonder if it's the same with, with these threats. Oh, no, we, we weren't going to actually put you in prison. We were just, we were just dangling it. It was a light suggestion. <laughs> we thought about that, but also we, we were being realistic in the fact that even if that was a whole bunch of BS it would probably be a, at least a year or two battling it and meaning our business mm-hmm. may have remained closed for that time as well. Um, and mm-hmm. they, we, we saw other businesses being chain locked by the city and not allowing the owners back in, in the East coast. So we just weren't willing to risk it. Um, when no. we decided to stay open and not check passports, this was the, a sec, like a later issue. Um, they did actually fine us. We got two tickets in the total of, I think, like $6,000, which we're battling in court right now still. Um, and it was, again, it was, a you know, the threat of losing your business stuff. But at this point, we had a bit more confidence and we were very adamant about the fact that McDonald's was allowed to stay open and not check passports. So why the hell couldn't we do the same thing? Um and mm-hmm. we, we kind of won that one, except we weren't allowed to serve alcohol. But they they ended up changing the PHO um, to accommodate us because we refused to allow them to be so hypocritical and, you know, not make anything make sense. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think one of the m- most terrifying things for me at this point is the reluctance to admit that they were wrong at any level. So now any of us that have put five minutes worth of effort into this thing um, know that it never stopped transmission know that all those mandates were completely erroneous they didn't they didn't do a thing lockdowns didn't do a thing and for public health and this government to still hold tightly to that narrative like it saved lives it scares the crap out of me it, it it's absolutely terrifying like I will never ever trust anything that they say ever again. And I understand why they're not doing it. It was such a tremendous mistake. They are still riding that lie. But I personally have, I I remember behaving like that when I was 14, you know, like lying to my dad and then covering my track. So just like, I'm not letting go of this lie. I'm just going to hang on. But these are adults in a leadership position behaving like children, behaving like children, for their own egos. Well, we actually, and one of our points when we were fighting the vaccine passport was that we had our main health officer, not Bonnie Henry, but the one that was a, a way up there with her, actually saying on camera um, to the rest of the, the coast, Vancouver Coastal Health staff, um, we know that this does not prevent transmission. It's more like closing um, or the passport system. We know it's not about preventing transmission because it doesn't. This is about um, helping, uh, what was her word? Encourage people to go get vaccinated. She flat out said that. And so that was our Mm -hmm. battle cry. Like, what do you mean you're going to force people to check your passports, even though, and you call it a public safety hazard, but you're totally lying through your teeth because this is the rest of your staff saying what we all know what it's for. It's, it's an incentive program. 
so many people are afraid to not only do what you did. No one's gone to that length. Um, most people are too afraid to even say what they think right now because there are consequences. And I get it. We're all in different positions in life. And people say it's not safe to speak my mind. It's not safe to stand up against this. But people don't realize it's way more dangerous not to. Way more dangerous not to. Like, why should that burden just fall on someone like yourself? I had a business in in 2020. I ended up choosing to close because I just saw that this was going to linger. This was going to destroy my industry, which was gathering large groups of people together to sweat and breathe and touch each other. It was like absolutely destroyed. But I almost wish that I stayed open sometimes just so I could have done this, <laughs> just so I could have stayed open and snuck all the people in and, and gone down in a blaze of glory. And if, again, we're, we're in different positions, but you have you have how many children and you did this? At the time I had four. I have five now. Yeah, I had my fifth right during the the vaccine passport hell we were all going through. Not so being allowed. Five to children, expensive West Coast real estate. You had a lot to lose. What gave you the courage to be able to do that? Honestly, it was my kids. I was I could not I could not handle thinking about if we all just continue to stay quiet and let them go ahead with their plan, the world that they would be growing up in, it just ate, ate me up inside. Um, and I just thought, like, you know, what would they think about uh, as they got older, looking back, like, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you do anything when you knew? Um, there was that. And, you know, I've done a lot of personal work as well. Like, I, I get the people being afraid to speak out. And I was one of those people in the past too. Um, so mm-hmm. it does take you doing the work on yourself, I think, to, because, you know, it is heavy. You're, and when you do start speaking out about something, of course, you're going to lose people and you have to be okay with that and understand that those people weren't meant to be in your life anyways. And you're going to gain people and you're going to connect with people and a community that you needed all along that fully supports you 100%. The the people that I've gained through this, I, I feel so safe and stable with them. And they're of all different ethnicities, all different faiths, all different political stances. It, it's a really wide group of people. What was wild witnessing the last three years is what happens when people are under pressure. Most people immediately collapse. So people that were really close to me, family members, friends I've been... Uh, friends that I've had for decades, babies, death, like been, been through the ringer with them. It took absolutely nothing for them to be gone as soon as there was a little bit of public pressure. Yeah. Which means that you know, to- if it wasn't this, it maybe would have been something else, right? Yeah. And people get so angry when you compare what happened to wartime. When you compare it to the 1940s, the problem is people are comparing now to the end of the war. The They're comparing it to gas chambers. If I've been such a history buff the last three years, I've, I've read so many books about that time period. One really good one is they thought they were free. And it's the years of lead up to what happened, the years of lead up to fascism 
the parallels are uncanny. And how do you know how you would have behaved back then? Like we just, we just went through it. We just went through it. And you know, not everyone was loud. Like you were loud. You were on the internet. You were speaking out against this. There were a lot of businesses too that maybe didn't get the courage to do that, but they were the ones like sneaking people in too. And I think that's also amazing because if you compare that to the 1940s, people weren't on the street with like big signs saying like, we hate the Nazis. They would have been murdered, right? So what did they do? Secretly behind the scenes, helping people wherever they could. So that's a really good reflection of how you would be during that time period. But if you closed your eyes and just went along with everything and treated other people like garbage because you wanted to fit in, like that, that leads to that horrible people say I just following public health orders has got to be my most hated statement of all time. It's like that's that's what you tell your kids not to do. You know, you say to your kids, "Oh, don't just jump off a cliff because someone else would." You're friggin' doing it yourself by saying that. It's just ridiculous. Like, who says that? I, I have no, I have no um, sympathy for people that say that statement. Oh, I'm just following health orders. Oh, yep. I'm glad that's working out for you. <laughs> so your restaurant, you've survived. You're still open. You're still here. What's life it's, like? It's been a process. Like we're nowhere near back to functioning how we would have been. Like there's debt, there's government loans that we have to pay back. There's fines that we're still working on in court. Um, but business seems like it's pretty normal, whatever you want to call that. Um, and, you know, even the community that I was worried about not coming back, they've come back a little bit. Well, not everyone. Some people, you would not believe it, um, walk past our restaurant and pull up their mask as they walk past our front door <laughs> on the street. It's quite hilarious to watch. Um, but And like I said, too, we've gotten this whole other community that is just so supportive and a, a group of people that we just love and would do it this all over for again another time. So it's been a process. It hasn't been easy. It's been stressful and financially, I don't want to say devastating because we are still here, but it's, it's been rough, but we are coming back um, and things are looking up now. So until the next thing, I'm still like, I, I still have, you know, I haven't traveled. I still have PTSD. I'm still have this, I have major trust issues. Um, and I'm just always so like, I, I don't tend to dwell on it, but it always creeps up. Like what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? Right. Like it's hard to enjoy the good when it is good right now. Cause I'm just panicked about what they're going to do next, but you can't live like that. No, no, it, it, there's different stages to healing from all this. First, it's like finding that safe space, which we did. We found so many great humans and it's so good to just be in those containers just with people that agree with us and are on the same page, but eventually trying to integrate with the quote real world again, which I'm sure you get exposed to a lot with a restaurant. You get all kinds of people in there. It's bizarre. It's, it's, it's weird. Well, sometimes people walk in with a mask. I'm like, oh my God, do they know where they are? Are they going to freak out once they realize that? <laughs> and it's not like we treat them any different, but a part of me is like panicked. Like, oh my God, who are these people? Why are they in here with a mask? Are they going to throw like, you know, are they going to vandalize it? Like I just have that immediate reaction because it's so triggering for me, that whole mask situation. So, but yeah. 
try not to dwell on it too so much. Your your one child that is immune compromised, it would have been really easy to get captured by the fear of all this, especially keeping your one child in mind. What what changed? What made you decide, no, it's okay, he's gonna be okay? Did you have to rearrange your life differently? Were you just not worried about this with him? What where well, was the shift? It, like even his healthcare team in the very beginning, when I was freaking out, they're like, no, no, you don't have to worry about this. He's not any more susceptible than anybody else. It's actually a cold. They they actually said that to me in the beginning. I th- They changed their stance later on down the road. Um, but mm-hmm. this was before the top down got down to everybody, I guess. Um, but it was just realizing the lies. And I, I don't know, for, for when you see something, you can't unsee it. And it's very easy to see how ridiculous it was. Um, and the comparison between how other viruses are amongst us all day, every day, every year, that this was no different. Um, the news media, like it's hard to not know that this is fake when you, when you know what you know, I guess. So it was very obvious, um, once we realized after the first two weeks that, okay, this is them. Like any, I find anything that the news is pushing, you know, that it's a complete fabricated fear driven propaganda message. That's just what I, what I Mm -hmm. think. Um, so yeah, we didn't adjust our life. We were outside. I mean, it was great. There was nobody outside. There was nobody on the roads. Um, we pulled our kids out of school. Well, we had to homeschool them in the beginning like everybody else. And then we just never sent them back. And I'm so grateful for that, that that pushed us to do that. Um, yeah. So a lot of positives came out of the last three years for us, not just the crazy stressful times. Like, you know, I feel that I think a lot of us in the fringe minority could say that, I mean, I don't want to say a lot of us, but I think many of us can see the positive silver lining that happened as a result. And I think that we really need to focus on that instead of, you know, the stress, the post-traumatic stress, the fear, um, the pain, the trauma, the loss of friends, that is obviously very difficult, but I know that everybody can find some good in what's happened in the last few years. What things did you need to tap into in order to get through this? Was it um, resources, certain tools, mentorship? Um, What did you need in order to sustain the storm? I am a big proponent of physical and mental health. Um, I had already had that good base before all this happened. And I really just dove into that. Um, I think your physical strength plays a big part in your mental capacity to handle things. Um, And so I'm a big, I, I love fitness. I love exercise. I am a big healthy eater. Obviously, I mean, I have my and I'm not perfect, but you know, I'm really all about nutrition and organic and local. Um, and I get up before my kids to work on my mental strength as well. Um, I get up like a couple hours before my kids to devote that time, to have that peace, to just sit and process things, um, pray, meditate, you know, work through the things that are going on in my mind. Because if I didn't do that, I would have no time to to work on myself and the stress of life would be too much to handle, let alone your business being under attack and you being personally attacked all over the internet. So, um, yeah, 
focusing and, and, you know, your physical mental health is something that you can control when the outside world feels out of control and you can, you're, you know, we can't, we have no say, or, you know, it's, it seems almost like a climbing a mountain trying to go after these people and these agendas. But if you just focus on you and your family, those are those little things that you can control and it helps to just tune out that noise of the impending mm-hmm. doom that they may drop on us in the near future. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. That's a noisy dog noise back there. I've noticed too, that it seems to be the people that do those sorts of things, especially the mental health piece, uh, people that have white space in their life, people that meditate, people that have a spiritual practice, like a real one, not just I go to church because that's the thing that you do. They seem to be the people that are like, quote unquote, awake. Because what I witness is most people in society are so disconnected from themselves, from the present moment. You know, they don't know that they're sick. They don't know that they're suffering. They don't know what intuition feels like because they are so distracted and wrapped up in their own busyness, wrapped up in the world. You know, things get presented to them and they just take it for face value. There's no further inquiry. Is this true? How do I feel about it? They're just listening. And it's really practical, right? We're just, life is busy. We're running, especially mom culture, right? Everyone's just running around. So that time that you spend with yourself in the morning, guaranteed that had a huge impact on your ability to just feel into, ah, something doesn't feel right here. Yeah, exactly. 100%. It was like, you know, instead of, because, you know, obviously I talk about the propaganda of the news, but there's propaganda on the other side of it too. And so if you're constantly only listening to outside sources for what you think about a situation, you can get lost. So yeah, I like that, that white space that you mentioned, that's definitely so important, especially for moms. So I've seen recently on Instagram, um, you posted this beautiful video of you getting baptized in the ocean. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. So um, I grew up going to church, like a lot of people, um, and went because I had to. And as a teenager, was extremely rebellious. I uh, stopped going, moved out, uh, moved out of home. Um, and then, you know, just kind of I, I still prayed every night because I still had that little bit of guilt and shame. Like, I don't want to go to hell. So I would pray for my family and, you know, little things like that. Um, and then a couple life events happened where I was just pissed. I was like, well, you know what? If you exist, God, you suck. Um, forget you. Um, mm-hmm. And went on with my life. And then it was not until basically the last few years and seeing all the evil in the world, you start to realize, okay, well, wait a minute if there's all this evil, there's got to be the yang. There's got to be the opposite. There's got to be good. There's got to be light. There's got to be God. If we can call all this evil and we can call it evil, there's got to be the other side of it. So I just started to explore it more. Um, you know, and I have a really good friend that goes to church and me, my mom. And so I would go with that. I would go to see them sometimes and, you know, try not to I just felt a little bit awkward. I think it was, I had this, my backup against religion. Cause I felt like that was just another agenda. And I was like, Ugh, I am not, I don't want to have anything to do with religion. Um, but then the church that the people close to me go to, they also don't pay, play into the religion game. And I started to be like, Oh, 
okay, so wait a minute, you can go to church, you can be a Christian and it's not religion. And they're like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And then, um, so I started just having my own, like, you know, in the mornings I would usually meditate, but then I just started to actually pray and say, you know what, God, like, you know, if you really are real, I need, I need proof, but <laughs> show me that you're real because it seems like this, you know, a few life events that have happened, like, why would that happen to me? If you were real, why would you do that to me? Um, and yeah, I, I won't get into it, but there was just a couple of things I was like, holy shit, he's real. <laughs> hi, hi, welcome <laughs> back into my life. Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah, and you know, I, it, he, I, I realized that all those things that did happen had to happen for a reason. And I say this all the time now, life is happening for us, not to us. And I 100% believe that is true. And challenging times can feel like, like it make you so angry and, and hate God even like I I'm, I'm okay with saying that. Yeah. I hated him. Cause I just was so hurt almost that he would let this happen. But I think that, you know, realize that he knows your purpose, he knows your plan and he doesn't give you anything that you can't handle. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I decided to get the, I was going to start to go to church a lot more regularly and have a way stronger connection. And they said that they were baptizing people in a few weeks. And I was just like, Oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. Uh, and it was, I almost backed out <laughs> leading up to it. Cause I'm like, am I really, am I really doing this? Am I really Christian? Am I, am I going this, this route and just prayed on it even more. And, uh, yeah, it happened <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty special. And, uh, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not religious. I don't, I'm not religious at all, but you know, I, I'm a Christian. I believe in God and I, I believe that he's walking with us and, and looking out mm-hmm. for all of us. What, what's the separation for you? Like spirituality and religion? What's, what's the difference there? Religion is like, follow these rules or you go to hell and you can only be this one way. And, um, you have to go to church and you, you have to read the Bible and which I do think those things are important, but it kind of puts people in this box where, you know, having a relation, your spirituality is just your one-on-one connection with God has nothing to do with what church you go to, how many times you pray, um, how you live your life. Obviously, you know, there's things that you will start to recognize as I should be doing that. And I shouldn't be doing that, but it's you, it's not someone telling you what to do. Everyone's Mm. human. So even a pastor saying, well, that's a sin. It's like, well, how do you know, bud? (laughs) I mean, I get that people are, you know, have a, a, a really strong relationship with God and they can communicate a message through them. But I think it's spirituality is your connection with God and not anyone else's influence or input. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah. And there's lots of people that are religious, but aren't actually spiritual. I think of like my father, for example, I think he, he goes to church every Sunday, but I don't even think he actually believes in a creator or the spiritual realm at all. I think it's just the thing that you do. So I think you can definitely have religion void of any actual spiritual connection as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, you inspired me actually because I'm doing that at the end of the month in the lake here. Amazing! Mm-hmm. I saw yes. your video and it was like such a ping. And I took my kids to church, to Grandpa's church, because Hannah was playing the ukulele there. And he had mentioned that they were going to baptize two teen girls in the lake, and I just felt this ding. Go do that. Yeah, go go in nature. Yeah. Same. I. 
I, it's the institution that I struggle with and I'm trying to be more trusting, but, uh, I'm like, Oh, outside in the lake, that seems more real to me. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, good. Oh, my pleasure. I know I was so I wasn't actually because I hadn't even really been talking too much about it. I, I'd mentioned a few times in my stories, but I wasn't even sure if I was going to really share my baptism. And I didn't, you know, I didn't film it. Someone else did. I didn't know they filmed it. And I wasn't really I was actually going to keep it to myself because I I know people can be like, oh, no, now she's religious. And I not that I care what people think, but I didn't want people to separate themselves from me just because of that one thing. So I wasn't sure. But then I was just like, I had this thing. It's like, no, you need to tell people this because people need to see. And like you said, like people get inspired by these types of things. So, yeah. And that was actually my next point. Why I think it's actually so awesome is because outing yourself as a Christian is almost worse than outing yourself as an anti-vaxxer or a conservative or any of the things it's, it's, it can be career suicide, especially as uh, I'm witnessing a good versus evil war right now. And this is why a lot of people are waking up to God and maybe it's not Christianity. Maybe it's a, a, maybe it's a different path, but we'll say spiritual connection. And a lot of people are moving that direction. People that were fully atheists are, are like, no, no, no. If this kind of evil exists, especially the things that are happening to our children right now, then the other side must also be true. And in 2021, all of a sudden, people all around me were starting to get like red pilled by God. Mm -hmm. All these people were waking up. I was surrounded by especially Christians left, right and center. And I was like, what is going on? And people outing themselves on the Internet and again, it's that's like social media suicide to do something like that. And it's it's just proof to me how real that is. Because I remember my husband saying, well, you know, that makes sense. And people are scared they like grasp for religion. I'm like, no, that's not true. Well, like, yes, that's true. But they would do that privately. Mm-hmm. They would they would just do that privately. They are outing themselves publicly and putting everything on the line. That's that's different what they're doing. Yeah. And I think it's because a lot of us feel that pull, like we are seeing like literal satanic rituals broadcasted as entertainment. And you're just like, F no, we got to, we got to rise up the light and the good (laughs) to combat this. Cause it is, it's a spiritual warfare. And I think even people that are atheists can see that like you cannot unsee the evil that is being spread across the world with these people. So Bring up the good and rise up. And the complacency, like we literally watched Sam Harris. Sam Harris? No, Sam. Sam Smith. Sam Smith. Thank you. Yes. We are literally watching satanic performances and to watch how complacent people were watching it. Oh, this is, this is awesome. You're like, no, this is not awesome. Nothing about this is awesome. Yeah. No. (laughs) Creepy, creepy. So you're out of the resistance. You're out of the fight, we'll say. Not not that you're not still doing things and standing up for things that matter, but you're obviously trying to gear yourself more towards solutions, more towards the light, more towards changing your life and, and other people's. Um, so you've started um, a group for Awakened Mothers. Can you tell me a little bit about that? 
Yeah. So when we were going through the whole passport system, um, I was at the restaurant every single day uh, waiting for the impending closure from health authorities. Um, so, and I didn't want my staff to deal with it. So I was there every day just waiting. Um, and it was two months before they actually came in. But so, and every day I, people would come in, break down crying, hugging. It would be lots of tears of just like emotional release and people just not, you know, the realization that, okay, not, I think everything hit people when they came in the door because people weren't allowed places and people disregard how traumatic that can be, but to literally be banned from entering facilities, like from watching your kids' sports, restaurants, gyms. So when they came in, they just sort of had this breakdown of just like emotional release. And a lot of the time it was moms. And we all know if you're a mother, how isolating just being a mother is. And I had already experienced that as a first time mom and a mom of two toddlers. Um, but then add in the real isolation and loss of friends and family because of your stance on things. Uh, my, I could just see the pain and what women were experiencing. And so I, I was really pregnant and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to be at the restaurant much longer. And I wasn't going to be able to be there as just like, you know, a form of connection for these women. So like, okay, I got to create something. Um, and that's how the idea came through for the Awakened Mothers community. Um, I had the idea and then it wasn't for another six months, maybe almost a year until it actually came to fruition. And I wanted to be a place where, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the reality of the world and the insanity of it, but I didn't want it to be where we just dwell on it and commiserate about it and feel stuck about it. So it really is a space that I pour into with strategies of what's gotten me through these times. Um, I bring in lots of guest speakers to help with things that I don't know about and get their take on things. And it's just a really strong, authentic community that I think so many mothers are missing. And yes, it's online, mm. but it's still that like with the women in there say, it's like, they feel like their home. They feel like it's their village. It's their safe space where they feel accepted. Um, and there's genuine friendships being built in there. And, you know, we do have, we've had a couple in-person meetups and the plan is to do larger, bigger events as we move through. And cause there's people from all over North America, um, even in Europe, actually, we have a few. So, um, but wow. yeah, it's just, it's like, you know, you know, when you go, I, I'm not sure if you're on Facebook or you in those moms group, but the, there's just all this judgment and fighting and <laughs> cattiness. It is just disgusting. Like I won't even go in those things anymore. Whereas this, you come cesspool. in and it's like, what's that? It's a, it's a cesspool. I it's had to cesspool. quit. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is, this is not that not even in the slightest, we're all there supporting one another, encouraging one another. We do little mini challenges. Um, we have accountability for everything. Like if someone's like, I want to try and drink more water this week. It's like, yeah, you post it in there and we're all checking on each other. It is, it's beautiful. Like, you know, we go in there, you go on Instagram and it's funny and you can kind of scroll through and you go and the Awaken Matters community, and you just feel revitalized after going in there. So I'm I'm really excited about it. It's sort of just gaining momentum now, and um, I just feel honored that I'm connected with all these incredible women. So, yeah. When it turns into real-life connections, like, never discount the power of online. Like, online can be a cesspool and a place for doom and gloom, or it can be life-saving. I've literally had messages in my Instagram DMs saying uh, from a few people now that they were suicidal until they found people like you and I and Sunit and Sarah that were speaking out. Mm -hmm. 
They were, they were suicidal until they found people. And now with these horrific bills coming down the line, it's more important than ever to get people off of these apps and into a private community or into a real life community. Like if you know people in your neighborhood, like go and find them. But I know from running a community myself as well, uh, that's how you find the people in real life as well. And maybe you need the online connection. Maybe that's the only place that is available to you to start. But people are meeting up in real life. And that's the coolest part. Some of my best friends now are the people that I hang out with in real life. They started on the internet now. (laughs) Yeah, because I think you can feel like you're alone. And then when you join the online community, you see, oh, wow, there's a lot of people. It gives you the confidence to even in the school pickup line, be like, Hey, like, what do you think about that? Like, and then just start the conversation and you realize there's a lot of people around you that are also afraid to, to say anything against the, the mainstream narrative. So it's, it's a real confidence boost that a lot of people need right now, especially. Hmm. What do you think is the future of Canada as a whole? Are, are you someone that's firmly rooted in this country? I'm here for the fight no matter what. Are you kind of side-eyeing it? Are you optimistic about a shift happening? Where are you at with this country that we're living in right now? I think there's absolutely going to be a shift. I don't know if that's going to happen fast enough. Uh, I don't know how bad it's going to get before the shift will happen. That's where I'm unsure. Um I am not firmly rooted here, especially in this city. Um, it's been on our mind, obviously, for the last three years. Like, do we do we leave now? Do we leave now? Are we are we are we getting out of here now? Right? Like, you know, there was many times where we had the bags. Like, are, okay, are we going to just get out of here now? Because it was terrifying. Like when we were all trapped in our own country. Like, I don't think people realize what that feels like. Like, are they going to put us in camps? Like, I don't know. Um. <laughs> So it's on the back of our minds. Um, I have this dream that my spouse wants nothing to do with of uh, buying an RV and just traveling all around North America. He thinks that sounds like absolute hell. So I'm working on that. Um, But I would, yeah, I would love to take a year and just travel around and not have any, you know, home base, just going and visiting and moving around places and then they can't find you. Um, but no, I think, I think a lot of people are going to end up leaving this country in the next few years. Um, but I do have hope that JT is on his way out. I just don't know if the damage is done and it's going to take too long to build back to a place that we feel safe in, you know, I'm still Mm -hmm. someone that, you know, I, obviously I, I believe that, you know, it's important to vote and, you know, I, I, but I do think it's, it's the same thing. Like, I, I think that there's people that are so high up, it doesn't matter who we vote in, they get their fingers in somehow and, and move forward with their agenda. I really do. So, and I mean, that mm-hmm. can go for the whole world, I guess. So I, I don't know. I think we did. That's why it's really important to really number one, focus on your own mental and physical health, take care of your family. Um, and just listen to your intuition as much as you can when things do seem to get a little scary um, and not to just make reactive decisions. Right. And that's why 
physical mental health is so important because instead of just reacting like, oh my God, we got to get out of here. Like you can sit and rationally think about, okay, well, is it really going to be better over there? Or are we just going to be in a different shit pile? Right. So, um, yeah, that was like a long winded answer, but I think, you know, I think right now, I don't think it's like a panic situation. We have to leave Canada, but I do think mm-hmm. everyone should sort of start thinking about and be financially making financial moves that are going to allow you to move quickly if you have to. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, Sarah and I talk about this all the time. It's it's a hard line to walk. You're walking the line between preparing for this apocalyptic shift while also holding this, nope, my life is long and beautiful and it can be prosperous. And you really toggle between the two each and every day. And you have to. That's just reality. Like preparedness is just good adulting right now. Just do it. But the problem is not a whole lot of people are doing those things. They're just worrying about those things. And the only way that you can shift towards your bright and prosperous future is do something about the preparedness. Mm -hmm. Do something about the things you're worried about. Of course, you're not going to have it all figured out. It's not like you're magically going to get a million dollars with the gold bars and you can bury them in the backyard and you have this fail safe plan. We don't know what's going to happen, but there are so many steps, right? Starting with your body and your mental health. Start there. If you are a frazzled mess right now, you're not going to be able to make any decision. So start there. Then great. What's next? Maybe a little food storage. What's next? I'm going to figure out how I can save more money or make more money or detach from the system. And you just keep adding on. It sounds like that's the kind of work that you're doing in your community, right? You start on the ground floor and then you slowly build them up so that if we ever are in a bad position, hopefully not, you at least have your feet on the earth and you have some good decision-making ability. Yeah. Like foundation is key. And if someone is looking like, well, I don't know where to start. Life seems chaotic it really is with yourself first your physical and mental health you have to get those in check because even if you're running around preparing your home if shit actually does hit the fan you're not going to be able to think straight so really that is the baseline is starting with your physical mental health and that's what um i have in the awakened mothers community we have a specific 45 it's called 45 to revive motherhood challenge and it's basically the strategies um daily habits that you need to get in place to sort of set the foundation, and then you can move on from there. I love that. One last question. Um, How are you uniquely preparing your children for this world? Because I imagine you're not telling them all the scary things that are happening around while simultaneously you're like, I gotta, I gotta prepare these little people is aside from homeschooling. Is there anything, are there things that you're teaching them now that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before, like a few years ago? Yeah. Like I think it's important, um, not to shelter them too much. Um, I have, you know, my oldest is almost 12. So I, I feel that he's also more mentally ready to hear some of the crazier things, but it's still very age appropriate what we talk about. Um, but my favorite way to introduce topics of that would be considered conspiracy theories um, is the Tuttle Twins books. Um, his name's Connor Boyack. He's the author. And it's a series that goes into things like inflation, taxes, um, being a good human. Um, 
and he bases it on actual um, books that have been written by um, scholars in the past. And it's a really great way to introduce these topics to kids because, you know, unfortunately, what you learn in school and history is not the truth and not the full truth. And I think it's important for kids to see that and not look to textbooks and authority as that's the right way and to really just be critical thinkers and even saying like things that we say it's like well just because I say it doesn't mean you can't explore it for yourself and make your own decision so really it's just being critical thinkers and not being afraid to ask questions and not taking everything anything that you hear at face value and as if it's the truth and to explore that on your own Mm, I love that Homeschooling is a really good idea right now. <laughs> like really, really, if you can, please do. The schools are insane, and you know, I thought, well, maybe we'll go back in. I, I, they, they terrify me. They terrify me. What's going on in there? Um, and you know, there is resources. I have resources inside the community about if your kids in school, um, and to not panic, but really, really, really start thinking about ways that you can bring them home for sure. Hmm. It's so important right now. Um, thank you for taking this time to uh, come on the show with me. It's nice to get to hang out with you. If people want to find out about your community or or find you online, where do they go? Uh, so they can go to awakenmothers.ca. It's A-W-A-K-E-N-E-D mothers, plural, dot C-A. Um, and they'll get on the email list and sort of a sequence of emails will come into your inbox letting you know the details of it, how to join. Um, I'm on Instagram. I'm very active on there at Miss Rebecca Lee, M-S-R-E-B-E-C-C-A-L-E-I-G-H. And I have a podcast called Awakened Mothers. You can find me on Spotify. It's called The Awakened Mothers Podcast. I think that's it. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to have to join your community, I think. I need to find out all those school resources because mine are still in school and maybe not for too much longer. (laughs) it's hard right especially when they're older and they don't want to be at home they want to be in school right so but you know there is resources that there's things that you can do if your kids are in school and they don't want to leave they can stay in school it's just you have to be more intentional when they come home the indoctrination yeah you have to (laughs) unwash their brain (laughs) Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, Rebecca. Um, anyone listening, I'll make sure that I get all those links in the show notes. So just head on over there if you want to go and find Rebecca and her community. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Carla. Wow, guys, what a show. I love Rebecca. <laughs> There's these wonderful humans that keep getting injected into my life. And you would like, yes, they have this energy that is fierce because it takes a lot of courage. It takes a whole lot of courage. You guys know that to do what Rebecca did. But when you hop on a show and you actually talk to these fierce humans, what you actually find is, oh, wow, they're actually just really loving. They're actually just really good people. And I want to show you guys that more and more. I want to show you how many good people there are out there doing big work like this. It's not like there's an archetype of courage. These are just regular, everyday people 
good humans choosing to be courageous, choosing to stand up for what's right, choosing to see what's happening in the world and charging forward no matter what. If you are a new mother and seeking community right now, uh, check out the show notes. Look at Rebecca Lee's Awakened Mothers crew here. Um, Community is essential right now. We hear a lot about freedom and we think that that means doing it all alone guys we never do anything all alone so whether that community is online or in person it doesn't matter just find yourself some good humans personally I like to surround myself with people that aren't just awake but they are filled with energy motivation and inspiration to keep moving forward not the doomsday preppers people that are awake and on fire for their purpose and moving forward. If you like what we're doing over here on Sensemaking, please consider hitting the subscribe button. It helps us a lot. It helps people find us. We love hearing from you guys. If you have a guest that you'd love us to interview, uh, give us a shout out. Let us know. Share this episode to your stories. Tag me, Carla Joy Treadway, so I can find you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you for the next episode.